Welcome to the Mood Society Podcast, a podcast produced by Mood Designer Fabrics. I'm your host, Camille Begley. I'm a copywriter here at Mood. And I'm Ashley Kong, and I run the social media accounts and make content for them. And today we're diving into all things Met Gala and New York Fashion Week. Hey, Ash. Woohoo! Hi, Camille. Well, this is really exciting. We've been wanting to do a podcast here at Mood for a very long time, and we've finally got it sorted out. Yeah, it's very exciting. Thankfully, Camille here has experience creating podcasts when the two of us actually studied together in college, and we were in London. I know. We went to Shakespeare's Globe together, and it was amazing. It was a fun time. Yes. (laughs) So we know each other quite well, and we basically both ended up working at Mood, which is pretty hilarious. It is. Look at how far we've gone. I know. We were babies. All right. So each episode, we are going to dive into something related to fashion, costumes, sewing, pop culture, all through the kind of Mood Fabrics lens, meaning we're going to look at it from a fashion style perspective. So there was a lot to cover this past week in the fashion world. And I say we just dive right in and talk about the Met Gala and Fashion Week. So before we start, I just want to note that we are going to be discussing some hot political topics. Um, We are not going to be diving in too deep into them, and we are going to be talking about them through a fashion lens. These are only our views, just our opinion. And if it's something that you are passionate about or interested in, we really encourage respectful and open-minded discussions. And we really want to hear your opinions on these topics because sometimes we have differing opinions, contrasting opinions, and we would love to hear from you. All right, so let's dive into the Met Gala. Ashley, what did you think of it? I I don't know what I was expecting considering the theme this year. I was not impressed by a lot of the garments. Same. There are some that I'm like, oh, I actually really like that, especially after learning about the meaning behind some of them. But some of them I'm just could have done more with it or could have been more creative with it. I was really disappointed by how few American designers there were. I thought for sure, like, even Mm. if it was something that wasn't relating to the theme per se, they would have picked an American fashion designer And I was even researching some of the designers that were in the exhibit, like Christopher John Rogers. Mm -hmm. He only had one garment walk down the Met Gala from what I saw. And that's pretty insane that he's in the exhibition, but he's not on the red carpet. So I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. Um, Next year, hopefully, they are also doing the same theme because this is a two-part exhibition. So hopefully some celebrities will be able to redeem themselves But to keep it positive, we're going to talk about some of our favorites. So I'm going to start off with my favorite, which was Nikki DeJager or Nikki Mm -hmm. Tutorials. I loved her gown. It was this blue and gold, very beautifully fitted and draped gown. I believe it was made out of either chiffon or tulle. The gown was covered in a beautiful array of flowers. And on the gown was a bow that said, pay it no mind. And she also wore this beautiful headdress that was made out of those same flowers. And if you take together the pay it no mind and the headdress, it's a really clear reference to Marsha P. Johnson, who of course was the person who started the Stonewall movement, which is, you know, one of the biggest catalysts in LGBT activism. And I thought it was just such a wonderful way to interpret the theme 
with obvious nods to the Statue of Liberty and also this uh, ongoing fight and struggle that LGBT activists have been having and paying homage to really one of the founders in that community. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I definitely, that look in particular was in like my top three. Same. For sure. Especially just looking at all of them Mm -hmm. on the red carpet. Or I guess not a red carpet, but the carpet. The beige carpet, I think. (laughs) It's not as fancy. Yeah. My favorite in particular, because I'm biased, because I was, I worked with the designer as the illustrator. So towards like the early process of the garments, I helped him flesh out the ideas and I helped him be able to figure out what the garment was going to be. And this garment was for Jordan Roth. And the designer is Michael Sylvan Robinson. And he is a textile artist and queer activist. The garment itself was meant to be basically a mobile canvas or visual manifestation of Jordan Roth's thinking uh, when he learned of the topic for this year's Met Gala. Oh, interesting. Yeah, thought that was very interesting. And a lot of the the entire garments or coat of many colors is a giant photo collage of different paintings Mm -hmm. that can be found or previously found in the Met Museum. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and some of which Sylvan actually took himself. Oh my gosh. And he got them printed on fabrics and he embroidered them onto the garment. The entire garment is embellished with sequins, straps of fabric, precious and non-precious fabrics. And I believe not to plug, but I believe some of our fellow alumni worked on uh, the actual coat, stitching it and embroidering yes. it. So I don't think we can name the program we went to, but we're just hyping up our fellow classmates. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We're proud. <laughs> and the entire tapestry only took, I think they cranked it out in a month or two. Oh my god! Like very That's quickly. Insane. They had to very quickly make this garment, which is extremely impressive. Yeah. So I wanted to read out a quote or two from Jordan Roth sure. about the garment because yeah, I just, I thought it was very fascinating. A quote from Jordan Roth. There's a whole article on Vogue that our viewers, our listeners can read about it more in depth. Yeah, we'll put a link in our blog. Yes. So the quote reads from Jordan Roth, when I knew what the exhibition would be exploring, I immediately went to the idea of identity and how for me, identity is a construction just as a garment is a construction. So often our identities feel like they're essential facts about ourselves as opposed to things that we take on. And in some cases, things that are projected on us by others that ultimately kind of fuse and feel as though that is who we are. And I'm very interested in the notion that that's not true, that we begin to allow for the possibility that that might not be true. I begin to see how I might wear this thing as we call identity more loosely and perhaps even shed it or change it or relate to it as I might a piece of clothing that is expressive of who I am, but not who I am. And I thought that was very That's really interesting. I yeah. really, I, reading that quote and like hearing you talk about it, it almost reminds me of 
like quilting and patchwork quilting. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, A, because that's kind of an American heirloom yes. craft. You know, there are many American artists who are just amazing quilters and really embrace that art form and the historical nature of it. And I love to see it kind of updated in this very high fashion way. And the other thing that this garment reminded me of was street art, which of course is another kind of American art and is something that is really kind of demonized a lot of the time. And of course, you can have your own opinions on street art, something like that. But some of the greatest artists of our time, particularly uh, Basquiat, you know, started off as a street artist. Mm -hmm. So we really have it to thank for a lot of our kind of great American artists. So I love that garment. I totally agree with you. And I'm not just biased. (laughs) Maybe I'm a little biased (laughs) because I know people who worked on it. I don't know. (laughs) But um, besides our top ones, do we want to just have some honorable mentions here? Oh, yeah. Some other people we like. Absolutely. So I loved Lupita Nyong'o. I mean, I think she kills every Met Gala. She understands the theme. She gets it. She looks amazing. (laughs) She wore this denim Versace gown, which personally, you know, obviously denim is American, but I was also like, who's the American icon who has worn, you know, a beautiful denim dress? within like, say the last like 20 years, oh wait, Britney Spears. And I was like, is she paying homage to Britney Spears? I hope so, that would be great. But it was so beautiful. And I think it really leaned into kind of the structural nature of denim so well, because we don't think of denim as this kind of sculptural avant-garde fabric, but she, Versace and her really made it that. And her hair was also so beautiful and Mm -hmm. just everything about it. It looks so good. Yes. I think the fact that she wore her hair very natural, Mm. I was so, made me so happy to see very natural. It was this amazing kind of cross between natural and sculptural. Mm -hmm. And it played into that same thing of denim because denim often has this kind of like natural Mm-hmm. quote unquote vibe I don't know but <laughs> I thought I mean I love that look um do you have another honorable mention for us my personal honorable mention is I personally really enjoyed Kim Kardashian's Balenciaga look walking in like a dementor <laughs> from Harry Potter high fashion Ooh, loved it <laughs> it cracked me up it looks very visually interesting and it yes. contrasted so much everyone the garments everyone else wore I I, I loved it I don't know I, why I, I know I, I like I don't know how I feel about it because she's worn that garment now a couple of times I think she was at New York Fashion Week in something similar yeah I don't know how I feel about it but <laughs> it was a really striking visual moment and I can I mean she looked great in it because she's Kim K so I can't hate. All right, so we're just going to, speaking of Kim K and New York Fashion Week, let's transition into our New York Fashion Week report. So this is going to be quite in-depth. We each picked out three of our top shows. So we're just each going to go back and forth, starting with our top three. First, Ashley, I wanted to ask you what you thought of the New York Fashion Week collections as a whole. I... Very much enjoyed looking through them and Same. watching a lot of the shows themselves. I I actually enjoyed it as a whole. There's like a color scheme that a lot of a lot of the clothing lines shared. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we can go into that. Yeah, later I found on. that similar to mine. Like a lot of my picks, I think if people, you know. We're going to post links to each of the collections in the blog, but if people look at them, mine, I feel like kind of have a through line, and I feel like yours do as well, and you could really see that 
through throughout the show. I mean, there are definite trends that were happening. It was really cool to see. I also find it funny how my three picks and your three picks, I feel like very much mirror our personality. I know. Personal aesthetics. <laughs> like I literally, one of mine I just picked at first because I'm like, it's so pretty. I want to wear all of this. I'll actually, I'll go into that one now. It's Ola Johnson. I thought this collection was so just beautiful and lovely. And it was this amazing pairing of like clothing and natural aesthetic. It was done in the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. I've never gotten the chance to go. Have you gone there? I don't believe I have actually. I think we should take a field trip. Yes. Because it looked so gorgeous from all of the pictures and it really highlighted just the kind of amazing natural feeling that these clothes had. I want to specifically talk about the opening dress here. Um, it has this beautiful mustard yellow color, which there used to be a joke that that's my signature color because I wear it so often. Uh, so of course I love that one. But one of the things that I loved about this garment and the collection as a whole is it's very kind of deceptively simple. When you first look at it, it kind of just, the silhouette is quite simple. It's a close fitting one shoulder dress with a couple of ruffles and a uh, cross bodied almost like a fanny pack, but it doesn't have the traditional shape of a fanny pack. It looks more like a regular bag. Um, but then you zoom in and you see the beautiful stitching that's done on it. It's almost patchworked in places. The ruffles are done so well. They're placed so beautifully on the body. The people who worked on this did a great job. I mean, the stitchers and the sewers, you can really tell that a lot of love was put into it. And the textiles were so beautiful as well. They were naturally dyed and woven. They also use shibori dye, which I love. It's a Japanese dyeing technique. Um, if you've seen any uh, indigo garments that have this kind of very intricate textile design and intricate tie-dye design, that is usually a shibori dyed garment. And they're so beautifully done. I also love just this navy um, patchwork dress here. Again, it looks so deceptively simple. It has kind of puff sleeves, an asymmetrical neckline, and is a midi length. But if you look at it, it's actually all patchwork together from the same fabric to create these beautiful style lines. And I just loved it. What do you think of this collection? I absolutely loved a lot of the garments in this collection had very earthy tones yeah or warmer tones mixed with earthy tones and I really liked how that color scheme matched the setting yeah that the entire show was in oh, so pretty really enjoyed that. <laughs> mm -hmm. all right you want to get into yours yes okay so my first my favorite show out of all of them in New York Fashion Week was 3S4 and this collection was titled Kundalini, which is named after the Hindu concept form of divine feminine energy, which is believed to be located at the base of the spine. And this entire collection was a collaboration with 3S4 and a printing company called Coronet. And they do a lot of printing technology, 3D printing that is very low waste and uses very minimal water. And the show as a whole, I really enjoyed. I'm very into the avant-garde look. And this show was very much avant-garde. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire, entire color scheme was a rainbow monochromatic look, specifically red, yellow, a little bit of orange, green, blue, and purple. And these colors were meant to represent the seven chakras, 
And this collection, as quoted by Addie Gill, who is one of Cornet's three designers. I should um, also say, uh, we might mispronounce names. Oh, yes. We don't mean to. We don't mean any offense. We just are bad at pronouncing things. All right, please keep going. <laughs> uh, yes, good disclaimer. We will potentially, probably butcher some names. <laughs> Uh, but this collection as a whole centers around unity, both of the self and the world that surrounds us. And Adi Gill, one of the Cornet's three designers, uh, has is quoted saying, chakras are something very universal. The other designers and I always look are always looking for inspirations that are very universal and can connect all nations using color. We believe that we are all connected as human beings. We need this idea now more than ever, considering our present time. Yeah. And I very much connected mm -hmm. with that statement. And they wanted to explore how their chakras could be infused into their fashion sense. And that is what we see in front of us with this collection. And this collection blends tight bodysuits various 3D printed structures, um, various patterns, shapes. It basically combines art and fashion. Yeah. And specifically, there's a garment, The very one of the very first ones, if not the first one, red. A majority of it is a 3D printed structure. And there's, you can tell that there is a printed red bodysuit underneath but the structure itself is very asymmetrical. It's red, spray painted or painted in some areas and some white pokes through as well, very blended together and very much laser cut, but it's incredibly stunning and evocative to look at. Yeah, it is. And very similar techniques and patterns can be seen throughout the collection. There is another garment in the later on in when the color scheme is more blue, starting to transition into purple. This garment has a lot of laser cut, smaller laser cut 3D printed pieces, a lots, lots of circles and they're attached to each other. And I thought that one was very simple compared to the first red garment, but still had a lot of the same elements, but it was definitely much more elegant yeah, in I terms mean, it's, of its simplicity, it's kind of similar to the Ola Johnson show. Is that mm -hmm. is that it looks like this very simple silhouette, but the more you look at it, the more you see these kind of intricate cutouts and mm -hmm. the 3D printed elements. Like there's this really beautiful um, 3D printed collar she has, and it almost looks like shorts. I actually believe the collar connects to like a 3D printed dress oh, quote unquote but made up of very small circles i yeah i love and i love the repeating use of circles in this again to tie back to this idea of chakras and the kind of circular nature of like the universal nature i should say oh yeah and yeah i think this collection is really successful oh yeah i definitely think so also Everyone in this collection, they're wearing the same shoes, but matching the color of their outfits. <laughs> and I thought that was a great tie-in together. Yeah, I love that. That's that's great. I love this collection a lot. It was really great. When I saw it, I was like, this is definitely 
very ash collection. <laughs> the next collection I would like to talk about is Bronx and Banco. First, I just want to say our notes on this collection were hilarious. <laughs> we were all just riffing off of each other, the two of us and our producer, Courtney. We're all just riffing off of each other and seeing who could come up with the most hilarious name for it. I'm calling it like Mad Max Birth of Venus meets Western film. I don't know. There are a lot of what would seem like contrasting aesthetics here, but they really, really work. Um, I actually put on my notes. Here's what I said. I said trip to the beach. Oh, no. Trip on the beach in Dune or something. So, oh, I also said category is Mamma Mia dystopia. Yeah, that feels similar. Um, so one of one of my favorites is the seashell dress. Uh, if you look at this collection, you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. It's made out of, I would imagine, twill tape or something similar. I couldn't really see. But it's made out of these beautiful, I think, abalone shells that are covering the model's body. Of course, she's very exposed in this, but she just, I mean, the shells just look so beautiful and it's such a beautiful way to use nature and fashion really well which is something I think all of my collections that I picked out kind of have a theme and it's kind of I also really related this this collection as the cousin to Ola Johnson and that Ola Johnson felt very wearable it felt like I could wear those looks tomorrow even though they were quite high fashion and quite intricate whereas these I don't think I could wear them. I think if I showed up to work in a full-on seashell dress, I would immediately get fired. But <laughs> that being said, they're so gorgeous to look at. And they're, again, beautifully draped, beautifully constructed. There are some 3D printed elements, specifically this brown garment, which has an amazingly draped leather skirt, which I loved, paired with thigh-high goddess sandals. Again, super, you know, kind of sensual, but it's gorgeous and a 3D printed, almost corset-like structure. And a lot of the models were wearing cowboy hats, which was, I, I just love, I love anything cowboy. So also I wanted to quickly interject with this collection. It very much feels like J-Lo's outfit at the yes. Met Gala. She could very easily have jumped on stage and it J would be yeah. a part of the collection. J-Lo would wear most of this collection and J-Lo could pull it off. Like she would oh, look yeah. amazing in this collection. It was very J-Lo, but in kind of a, I don't know. Like Again, like J-Lo goes to the beach. J-Lo's lounging at the beach. I yes. don't know. Perfect. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. I love this collection a lot. All right, Ash, which one would you like to talk about next? Hmm. The next one I'd like to talk about is the Ferrari collection. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. We all know this Italian luxury sports car manufacturer company, but now they're making clothing. Which I have no idea how to feel about. <laughs> I am very much surprised, but very much entertained. This show specifically itself took place, in fact, on a halted production line, just to add to that atmosphere. Yeah. And Ferrari V12s were actually suspended over the audience. Oh my god. Where the guests sat. That's so terrifying. That's <laughs> very terrifying. <laughs> this is the first ever collection by creative director... Rocco Ionon? I Iononi? I don't know. 
I'm just going to refer to him as Rocco. Okay, Rocco. Because I do not know. But a quote from Rocco reads, For me, it was vital to discover who were the icons of Ferrari. To me, Ferrari is a brand that is very much part of pop culture and music and arts. So I tried to give sense to the idea of a Ferrari lifestyle. It always existed, and that's what I wanted to make a contemporary collection around. And the collection as a whole, when you view it, is extremely inspired by Gen Z, Generation Z, and since he sought to appeal to a younger demographic. And he tried to mimic the auto's ergonomic design and in the clothing with a techie finish. So he took a modern approach to trench coats, bomber jackets, parkas, loose fitted trousers, and all of them, almost all of them are all sporting the Ferrari name and logo. And he also very much wanted to focus on a gender neutral look for a lot of them. And in a statement, the brand said that the empowered stance is what Ferrari fosters through pieces of clothing that ignores barriers of gender. Ferrari chooses a language that is attuned to the new generations, a fluid, impactful one. Hmm. And a constant theme with all of these that I absolutely love is a lot of these collections are very gender neutral focused. Yeah. And I very much am a fan of that. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I, again, I kind of have mixed feelings about this collection just because I don't know how I feel about Ferrari being a fashion <laughs> company. I literally have no idea. It's just a giant question mark in my head. But, like, taking the Ferrari thing away from it, I think it's really successful. Oh, yeah. And it's if you are a fan of that very futuristic type vibe that's very much this collection, very cyberpunk. Yes. Wake up, samurai. <laughs> and this collection also features the classic Ferrari colors, like Ferrari red. Uh, the very vibrant yellow and yeah. electric blue. And the designers based much of their of the look of the garments off of the cars, trying to mimic a lot of those same curvy shapes and yeah, that yeah. classic look of yeah. that Ferrari is known for. I yeah, I think it's again this idea that it's inspired by Generation Z which we are both a part of, but we are elder Generation Z. Yes, we are very <laughs> much on that cusp. Of... Yeah. Uh, but I, it feels like something that I could see a million different TikTokers wearing and Billie Eilish wearing. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. the Billie Eilish collection. <laughs> very much so. It feels like Billie Eilish, which is not a bad thing. I mean, she's great. So, you know, I yeah, I like this collection. Also, I wanted to do a quick mention. One of the first garments in this collection the skirt of it reminds me of caution tape i kind of oh, am vibing with it i very I much enjoy that. that look yeah it does especially with these like ferrari uh branded belts that are almost hanging down mm -hmm. it really gives that caution tape look which is cool yeah yeah all right so my final collection, which also is my favorite collection, is Kalina Strada. 
I should say I kind of went on a journey with this collection. At first, I really did not like it. And then I really, really loved it so much that at one Instagram post, I actually teared up, which was insane to me. <laughs> um, but the entire theme of the show was climate joy, which means it was focused on the joy of environmental activism, which I love that concept. A lot of times when you see climate change talked about in the news or you know, on social media, it's this very kind of doomsayer feeling. <laughs> True. And I really think that climate activism and, you know, taking care of the environment can be such a joyful thing. I mean, nature is very joyful. Flowers are joyful. All those things are amazing. And I just loved the theme of that collection. I thought that was so beautiful. And the clothes were all made from dead stock material, which means that uh, they were only produced in specific batches and they're not going to be produced again so it's a very environmentally friendly way to make clothing and there was a huge diversity in the model pool literally anything you could think of age race size gender ability it was truly diverse which is something I'm so passionate about in terms of sewing and fashion just being able to see all different types of clothing on different types of bodies um, and I'll just expose my own bias here. I didn't even think of having models who were, you know, of the age of 25, because that's all we see in fashion shows are these really young models. And when I saw somebody who was older walking down the runway, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And they looked so cool. And I was like, this is such a cool thing to see. I absolutely loved it. And I thought one of the things I thought were most successful were these pannier style dresses. They had a like corset style top with a pointed waist and then a billowing pannier style skirt. Uh, the specific one I pulled up is this blue and white one. And if you look really closely, it's dogs and cats, which is adorable. And it ties into the theme of climate joy because we all have something from nature we love. And for me, it's my cat. So I loved that. I thought that was amazing. And another thing I loved were the kind of crafty elements of this. Again, craft is something that, you know, a lot of people who are interested in environmental activism and stuff take up crafts like sewing and creating their own clothes because it's something that can really limit your own waste and it can eliminate the need for fast fashion, especially. And it really paid homage to all different types of crafts. Specifically, right now, I'm looking at this beautiful beaded bodice. I don't know if you can tell, we printed out pictures, and it might be too small, but it's all made from seed beads and kind of hand-done and handcrafted. And it looks very homemade, but not in a bad way. <laughs> I feel like we use homemade as this, like, sad kind of like, oh, it's homemade. But homemade can also be amazing. I always loved when items looked quote unquote homemade they always had a very personable touch yeah. to them and I always felt like things that were homemade meant more than yeah. just buying something off the rack or... exactly there's a lot of love that's put into something that's homemade and I just loved it and I also really felt it uh the crafty elements especially paid homage to you know so many of us took up a new craft hobby during the pandemic whether it was sewing whether it was beading embroidery you name it we probably took it up <laughs> and I think it was a really great way to kind of pay homage and pay respect to the time we spent in the pandemic but really come out of the pandemic in this like 
explosion of like joy and love for the environment and care. I just love this collection. <laughs> what do you think? That was very beautiful, Camille. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Again, I like cried on one of the models Instagram because she walked with her grandmother, Aww. the woman in the um, beaded bodice, which I loved. She walked mm-hmm. with her grandmother down the runway. And I thought that was just so like, beautiful and again to see some yeah. like two people of different ages just and rock a runway yeah that also very much mirrors well two things i have two thoughts one thought is the fact that one of the models was able to walk with her grandmother mm. i feel like mirrors a lot of what we're all going through yeah. coming out of this lockdown the pandemic yeah. not being able to see family relatives especially yeah. our grandparents and now being able to be with them yeah. It's something that's very special. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that, but that's so true. It's It really is just such a special moment, you mm-hmm. know? And we really value, I think, family a lot more. I yeah. mean, not that we didn't value it before, but after not being able to see family for a long time, something like getting to see your grandmother can feel as magical as a fashion show exactly. at New York Exactly. Yeah. Full circle. Full, Full circle. circle. Also, my grandmother is my style icon, so I had to mention that. That's but. <laughs> And also, I wanted to mention, just watching this entire show, when the kids would come out, oh, and yeah. it made me so happy. I, I feel like a lot more shows, if they had more diverse age casting, yeah. it would just, it would bring the audience in more. Like, it would, you'd feel more connected. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I also like that feel, aspect. Yeah, I also feel like it just makes this fashion world, which has always kind of been this very, like, high and lofty sort of pinnacle come a little bit down to earth but not in a bad way it comes down to earth in a way where all of us feel accessible to it and we feel like we could rock a beautiful designer garment because oftentimes we might not see ourselves reflected in these models but I really think if you look at this Kalina Strata show you can probably find yourself reflected somewhere oh yeah absolutely yeah I loved it all right you want to get into Moschino yes yes (laughs) what is this collection (laughs) i feel like this is the one that i saw all over social media on tiktok everyone's just like we need to talk about this like i don't know if this is good i don't know if this is bad i don't know what this is yes ladies who lunch Mm -hmm. or babies who lunch yeah it was so it was very um 1950s and 60s inspired we had a lot of you know a-line dresses skirt suits shift dresses um but they were all in these pastel colors and as the collection progressed the fabrics used were you know patchwork stuffed animals refrigerator magnet lettering alphabet blocks oversized buttons baby bottle clutch there's a woman here with a stuffed giraffe um yeah. A baby toy mobile headpiece oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I for- that one was controversial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very torn on this because I think some of them were so successful. Like this beautiful coat dress, it has, uh, it's a very like shaped classic shift silhouette and it's made out of this super fun green and teal fabric with a pussy bow um, accent. And I mean, the model looks gorgeous it's so well tailored and it's I something to me that feels high fashion and retro and playful mm-hmm. all at the same time and I really love that oh yeah I definitely think reg- as much as the actual concept for this collection is controversial 
the styling overall, I think, is very fun and very yeah. much very. It's a very successful piece of work, mm-hmm. regardless of the message <laughs> people might get out of it. Yeah. Do you want to dive into that? Oh yeah, I could talk a little bit about yeah. that. So I know a lot of people have varying opinions whether or not Jeremy Scott is just taking his love of theme to the absolute limit (laughs) and beyond and creating a strong body of work. Uh, But it's also off-putting that it kind of, especially as the collection progresses, it feels like we're infantilizing women and sexualizing infants or yeah it's it's very weird to watch it is weird to watch I in in a way it kind of reminded me of when I was looking at this collection it reminded me of John Waters films like Mm. specifically the uh like Hairspray a because it has this playful 1960s silhouette but John Waters was really known for pushing kind of the boundaries of what was socially acceptable and I will say not always to like a sometimes to an amazing degree, like he really pushed what we talked about. You know, John Waters was particularly uh, really a trailblazer in queer activism, but also I will say not all of his stuff is, you know, (laughs) something that we would consider to be appropriate or politically correct today. Oh, yeah. So it really reminded me of that. It's also just maybe what Jeremy Scott was thinking was like a play on 1950s and 60s housewives and this idea of like, staying at home and coming back to the pandemic I don't really know I'm not I mean a lot of the especially a lot of the earlier garments they do feel very empowering Mm -hmm. as a woman watching it like oh yeah they are dressed like 1960s 1950s housewives going out into the world looking very powerful very well dressed and then as it progresses oh the chaos <laughs> i know i'll also just say like props to jeremy scott too he had a really diverse model cast mm-hmm. this year and everyone looked like everything was tailored to each body so well mm-hmm. which i think is again just props to him because not every designer did that some designers kind of tried to have a more diverse uh cast of models and then didn't really know how to dress somebody who wasn't atypical you know model size so oh yeah for everyone listening I did air quotes on model size <laughs> um also the craftsmanship with this collection the quilting oh amazing I very impressive very impressive also the color scheme yeah let's talk about that so Pantone released a 2022 New York Fashion Week color palette and very much many designers use said color palettes. I think Jeremy Scott though it was the easiest to kind of go from that color palette and say oh like tick 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 oh yeah all have them. It very much the sponge sugar the daffodil those like pastel colors helped emphasize this look that he was trying to get across mm-hmm. so it very much worked hand in hand there yeah yeah I again I kind of have no idea how to feel about this collection there are things I think were so successful and then there are things I think were either off-putting or felt kind of tacky and a little overdone on the theme mm-hmm. 
Like, I actually think this one uh, coat, and I guess I'm just calling out the coat dresses. I don't know. But this one coat dress that looks like it's made out of a quilted baby's blanket Mm -hmm. is still retaining that silhouette of earlier, but of a different fabric. I think that was kind of a more successful way to deliver on it. Oh, yeah. Than the full-on quilted giraffe. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, wearing, like, having a baby bottle as a purse. I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, it definitely got people talking about it. So exactly. that was a success. Yeah. And I think a lot of times Moschino is one of those brands that hate them or love them. You're going to talk about them. Oh, yeah. And I kind of think Jeremy Scott as a designer really sort of embraces the idea of all press is good press. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I can't fault him for that. Oh, yeah. And it stands out and... I I support that at least. Yeah, <laughs> and I support some of these looks. <laughs> All right, so speaking of this Moschino collection, if you, like us, were loving this color palette and these ideas... Maybe not all of them, but certainly the beautiful pastel colors and expertly tailored garments. We would like to take a moment to tell you what is new here at Mood Fabrics. We just dropped the Sugar Collection. I love this collection. Yes, this is a very popular collection. Yes, it's so great. It's all about these pastel rainbow colors. I... I know I work here, so I don't know if this is technically sponsored, but I did buy some fabric from this collection and I'm going to make things out of it. Um, I bought the Saccharin Statuary Cotton Ball, which is the kind of vaporwave statues. I love that fabric when we got it in. I was so excited. That one's a cool one. Yeah. And I'm making a little pinafore skirt out of it. And I'm also using the Sweet Dreams Cotton Poplin, which is the black and neon uh you know, the astronaut and the rocket ship. And I think there's a boat in there too, which is so cool. Um, I'm making that to use one of our free patterns, the Trillium Ensemble. I love that pattern so much. And I love that fabric. And it's such a great weight for something like that. It's, Mm. they're so good. Yes, that one in particular is one of my favorites. I know. My mom even got something from the Sugar Collection. So it's for the whole family. Yes. (laughs) Supporting the business. Yeah. Thank you, mom. (laughs) Thank you, mom. (laughs) All right. And then we would also like to get into something else really exciting that dropped. If you were maybe a little bit disappointed, underwhelmed by some of the Met Gala looks and are feeling inspired to make your own, uh, we just got in a bunch of new beading tools would be great for making your sort of dream couture Met Gala gown. Yes, it'll definitely fill up all your free time. Yes. But it's definitely a very cool project to tackle. I have always wanted to learn how to do beading like that. And there also, there's a couple of storage things in there that I just think are great for just having a craft or sewing studio. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of bins and dishes and all these types of things that are just so useful. Even if you're not thinking about beading, you can use them for buttons, hooks and eyes, embroidery threads. Mm-hmm. They're, again, so useful. Oh, yeah. really love those. I'm really excited about them. Yes, check them out. Yeah. Next, we have a couple of new free patterns that we're really excited about. So let's talk first about the stone crust pants. So yes. cute. I love them. I any though those paper bag as yes. cinched waist pants, I absolutely adore. And they look so good. <laughs> I like am 
obsessed with them. Yeah. Anything paper bag waste, I love. I feel like they look so good. They're one of those kind of universal. Oh, yeah. Very flattering on basically everyone. It's very, very good pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that pattern. And we've got the Taka dress, which first off, can we just shout out Greg for making that dress? Yes, Greg. And having to rip out all those sequins. We love you, Greg. (laughs) Um, But ripping out those sequins was worth it because the dress is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's stunning. He, that dress could have been worn at the Met Gala, and I would have loved it. That dress would have been one of the best dresses at exactly. the Met Gala. <laughs> it would have beaten out a lot of people. Um, I Yeah, I love the Taka dress. It's so gorgeous. The fabric that Greg used to sew it, the copper metallic fabric, the copper sequins, I loved. So pretty. Yes, and that specific one comes in many yes. various different colors for the sequins. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the copper one is one that I've been eyeing. And yeah. very much want to buy soon. It looks like high fashion pennies. Oh, yeah. This way. It's so cool. And we just want to hype some new costume patterns that are coming out pretty soon after you guys listen to this. So that's really exciting. Get ready for Halloween, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am very excited. All right. While we're talking about free patterns, if you're feeling inspired by New York Fashion Week, we would love to take the time to give you some free pattern recommendations for each of the collections that we talked about. So we're going to start off with the Ola Johnson collection. We really love the Silva top and Calament jeans for these. We also suggest maybe mixing the Bridgerton and Heather dresses, which we've done on the vlog. So we have a full tutorial for that and the Clementine dress. For Thurius 4, since everything's basically sculptural, there are no pattern recommendations for it. But if you're feeling inspired by the 3D printing and the beautiful rainbow of colors you saw, I really think the park corset made out of our Kiki iridescent vinyls, which, by the way, we are getting more of in the coming weeks, so look out for those. Uh, I think that would be so gorgeous. And those vinyls just in general, you can really easily make a three is four look with them. They're so oh, yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely. All right. For the Bronx and Banco collection, we also suggest the uh, Clementine dress. It has a beautiful cutout. It's asymmetrical. It has a beachy vibe. And we also love the ginger dress. It has amazing statement sleeves. If maybe you're looking to combine patterns, you can look at the ginger dress for a sleeve and pair that with a different silhouette, a different dress of your own making. I think it can be really successful here. By the way, if you're watching this as a video, hi, this is the ginger dress um, behind us with crop sleeves. For those of us who are just on audio, um, it's made out of denim. It has crop sleeves. It's so cute. I love it. I love the ginger dress. It's adorable. It is adorable. And if you were a fan of the Ferrari collection and want to make a garment of your own that mirrors it, we recommend the Lita Trench or the Oak Jacket or even the Tansy Trench for a statement sleeve, perhaps. Ooh, love those. Yeah. For the Kalina Strada collection, we would love to let you know about our closeout deadstock fabrics. When you shop deadstock, It means that this fabric is no longer in production and you aren't contributing to any more production emissions and waste. So it's a great way to shop eco-friendly. 
A lot of our fabrics and mood are closed out, so you will have a super wide selection. And we also have a bunch of eco-friendly, organic, and OKOtex certified fabrics on the website. So if you were also very interested in the Moschino collection, we recommend using our Gladiolus blazer for the more Chanel-esque silhouette. Our Calypso jacket was actually inspired by an older Moschino collection, so we also recommend using that jacket pattern. And it could definitely be used for the Ladies Who Lunch collection for a very similar 1960s housewife vibe. We also recommend our Aspen Ensemble and our poinsettia dress. Also, you might need to do some slight alterations because these patterns very much heavily depend on the fabrics. Yes. Awesome. Ha ha ha. Ash, we have now reached the end of our time together. Oh no! Except for tomorrow. We'll see each other again. That's true. But if you guys want to talk to us and reach out, we have a Facebook group for this podcast. Yay! Yay! It's so exciting. We're going to be on there. Our producer Courtney is going to be on there. You can ask us any questions about what we thought about different collections that we were able to cover, different Met Gala looks we couldn't cover, or if you have thoughts on the various collections that we covered here. We would also love to see what you're making with Mood Fabrics. Remember that you can hashtag on Instagram made with mood, and there's a chance that you could be featured on the website. And we cannot wait to talk to you guys more. And we'll see you next month for another podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mood Society podcast. We are produced by Mood Designer Fabrics and the Mood Society blog. Be sure to follow us on social media for sewing and podcast updates. We are at Mood Fabrics on Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok. Join our Facebook group linked in the description. If you'd like to directly interact with us, ask us questions, and post updates on what you've been making. And if you're loving the podcast, be sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Whether you're sewing, crafting, designing, or just hanging out, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.